How to get press access for your podcast. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 313. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Press access can get you all kinds of cool things like sneak peeks, free trials, and more value that you can share then with your audience. And of course, the many awesome opportunities you could have if you have press access too. So in this episode, I want to share with you 11 tips to help you get these kinds of special media privileges. And with all of this, your focus needs to be on providing value to others, providing value to your audience, of course, but also providing value to those companies whose products, services, or whatever you want to review, because that's what you're doing By reviewing them or by having some kind of press access, that's why they give out that kind of thing, is so that you can provide them with value, more attention, more audience, more people, more customers. Your pursuit is to give value to many people when you can get press access. And yes, it can be really cool, really fun, and in some ways, kind of profitable even. So if you want to follow along in the show notes for episode 313, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash press access, or look at the show notes inside of your podcast app. Here's the overview. Number one, invest in professionalism. Number two, stay in your niche. Number three, keep an updated portfolio. Number four, be timely. Number five, talk to the right people. Number six, build relationships. Number seven, become a journalist. Number eight, Focus on relevance, not numbers. Number nine, make yourself available. Number 10, respect. And number 11, persist. Again, follow along in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash press access. Let's dig into this in depth. Number one, invest in professionalism. Despite the popular advice, many people actually do judge a book by its cover. And even though this may seem wrong, As creators, it only makes sense that we make the, quote, cover, unquote, match the quality of the contents. After all, if you're really proud of your content, wouldn't you want the packaging to also look and convey that greatness? So look at everything that could give a possible first impression about both you and your podcast. The most prominent things would be your logo, your audio branding, your production quality, and your presentation skill. These and many more things combine to form the brand by which people perceive and recognize you and your podcast. And it is okay to have some fun and break some of the rules here and there, as long as you're doing so with purpose and maintaining a professionalism in all of this. And if you want press access, you must demonstrate a level of professionalism that will help others trust you. And you don't have to spend a whole lot of money to do this, but you should invest, and it is an investment. Invest in what's necessary to make you stand out or at least stand close enough to the colleagues within your field. 
you don't want to be perceived as amateur hour. You want to be perceived as, yes, independent, but just as good of quality. That's number one, invest in professionalism. Number two, stay in your niche. This may already be obvious to you, but I think it's important enough to emphasize. The press access you're pursuing must be relevant to your niche. If your podcast is primarily about video games, for example, then it may be difficult to get press screenings for movies because you have a video game podcast. Why would you need to review movies? And I know movies could appeal to the same audience. So there are those times where your niche is more of a theme instead of merely the media. For example, I have a podcast about the TV show Once Upon a Time. It's called Once Podcast at oncepodcast.com, and it's covering that TV show on ABC. It's returning for its seventh season, or sometimes I call it the spinoff, which is otherwise known as season seven. And the show is about magic. It's about fairy tales. It's about hope, and it's about other classic stories. So to both my audience and to outsiders... It makes total sense for the podcast to review movies like Beauty and the Beast, Fantastic Beasts, Into the Woods, and movies like that, because those movies appeal to the same audience and carry many of those same themes. They're based on fairy tales. They have magical beings. They have some kind of fantastical element to them. So stay in your niche, whether that be the media or the theme in your show. That's number two. Number three, keep an updated portfolio. As they say, it takes money to make money. It also takes reputation to build reputation. When you approach a company and request press access, they will probably want to see samples of your other work so they can know how professional and relevant you are, so they know what they're getting into, and so they know whether you're even someone worth their time based on, yes, many of these other factors. And this portfolio, and we could put quotation marks around that, this portfolio of sorts can be past episodes or it could be special posts that you've done. It could be video, it could be audio, it could be a blog post. And you don't need special access to make these kinds of things. So you may be thinking, well, I can't review a movie because I don't have press access to see movies ahead of time. Well, review something, maybe even anything that's relevant to your niche. And when you do it, do a great job. Treat it with the same level of respect and quality as you would a review of something else that you're trying to get press access for. And as with a regular portfolio or a list of testimonials, you want to display your best stuff. So as you get better, update your list so you're always showing off your best work. And that portfolio can also help you reach higher than your current level. For example, you may have never reviewed a theatrical movie release, but Your DVD and Blu-ray reviews can help you get there. Or you have reviews from one field that can help you cross over into another field. Or you've interviewed a less popular cast member, and that can help you to interview a more popular cast member. See these things as steps taking you to where you want to go. And I suggest adding to this portfolio often enough that your latest sample inside of your portfolio is not older than a year. And that's because some places, such as the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, which I go to often in Las Vegas at the beginning of the year, some places like that want to see proof that you're in the space, you've been in the space for a while, and that you're staying current in this space. 
It's not just something you pop up every few years and do a little video on, but it's something that you are actually connected with and staying in. So that's number three, keep an updated portfolio. Number four, be timely. When I first got press access to movie screenings for Are You Just Watching, that's our entertainment-based critical thinking podcast for Christians, the representative that I talked to said that movie studios are more interested in getting the word out quickly than necessarily getting it out to the largest audience. So to them, it mattered more that if I see a movie, that I get a review out quickly And it didn't matter so much how big the audience was that I was reaching. So whether you're reviewing books or movies or products or anything else, publish your content as quickly as possible. Because this not only enables you to help the company spread the news about their new thing, which is the whole reason that they would give you access anyway, it also gives you something for your podcast to promote at the absolute best time to promote it. Sure, someone may be interested in a movie review of Star Wars The Force Awakens years from now, but if you could have been one of those podcasters who had a movie review released on the same day as the movie was released, or maybe even before then, or a day after, then you would have had incredible opportunities to promote that when everyone is interested in it. So be timely with your releases. Publish them as quickly as you can. There is a slight caveat to this as it relates to potential embargoes, non-disclosure agreements and such, but I'll get to that more in a later point. Number five, talk to the right people. Most big companies already have a process in place to get coverage for their new stuff, and they may have a press section on their website or an email list for news and updates or contact information for media inquiries or press inquiries. In the event you can't find such resources on their own site, the next best thing you can do is contact the company and ask to be connected with their marketing department or whoever does their marketing. See, here's the profound truth in this. Customer service is interested in serving customers. The sales department is interested in selling. And the marketing department or the marketing team is interested in promoting the new stuff. So it's the marketing team you want, not sales, not customer service. Some companies may even hire a third-party marketing firm, and that can actually work better for you because it's possible that that marketing firm may represent other companies you also want to work with. So if you build a relationship with that marketing firm, they can very easily get you connected with those other places. And if you can find only the name of that marketing firm, but no specific contact, well, simply pick up the phone and call them or email them. But a phone call is really best. And then ask for whoever it is that represents the company you're interested in. Or even find a specific person through LinkedIn or other social network searches by looking for that company name and marketing department or marketing manager or whatever, certain titles like that can help you to find the exact right person or simply call them and ask. And it can also help if you talk to others whom you know have the same kind of access that you want. They may be able to refer you to exactly the right person or find that right person for you. There, yes, are certain situations where they may see this as too much of a competition thing, 
and they don't want to give away their competitive edge. But sometimes you may have a great relationship with those people who are technically your competition, but you collaborate more. You see this more as a community and they might be willing to help you out. And maybe you can collaborate on some things together and wield the power of both of your audiences to accomplish something even greater. So this is number five, talk to the right people. Number six, build relationships. Until you become popular enough for people to pursue you, you have to go out and build those relationships. In other words, become known to the company, known for using and liking their products, known for talking about them, known for providing valuable feedback. And to become known, you have to show up and care. So stay connected with the company. For example, if they're at an event you're attending, stop by and chat. Even if they have nothing to offer and you have nothing to offer, just build that relationship. Foster it a little. And if they have something to celebrate, congratulate them. If they have news to share, pass it on to your own audience. Share it on social networks and such. Blog about it. Podcast about it. Mention them. And when they see you engaging with them, it will be easier for them to engage with you. Plus, don't focus only on those relationships with those companies you want access to, but also start building relationships with the other press nearby, your colleagues, and yes, to some degree, your competition. But especially as a podcaster, you may have a competitive advantage over them, and you may be unique from everyone else covering the same event. And if you build relationships with those others covering the same thing, whatever it is, movie, product, event, anything like that, it could lead to bringing extra value to your own audience. Like maybe you could get that other expert on your podcast. Maybe they can connect you with other great opportunities. And this can also lead to opportunities for you to get in front of other audiences, perhaps by being interviewed by them. Maybe they do some press coverage that includes you, a quotation from you or something like that. Maybe there's some back and forth, a mutually beneficial relationship between you and your colleagues or even your, quote, competition, unquote, covering the same thing. That's why you should seek to build relationships, not only with the companies you want to work with, but other people also working with those same companies. That's number six. Number seven become a journalist. Companies don't want only opinions. They want publicity, especially to highlight their strengths. So becoming a journalist doesn't mean you have to silence your opinion or be unbiased or share only the facts, no interpretations, no theories, no opinions, but it means being thorough. It means sharing both sides where possible. It means accurately reporting the information. And it means maintaining a standard of integrity, journalistic integrity. Along the way, you may need to learn about and give necessary disclosures. For example, if you're paid for the review or if you're given a product for free or if you bought the product yourself or at a discount and other things like that. And that level of transparency, especially when it's paired with your personal honesty, and your authenticity and your human relatableness, that will build trust with your audience and with those companies that they can see, yeah, they may be negative sometimes, but it's negative in a good way. It's constructive criticism. They have more positive things to say than negative things. They do such a great job covering this. 
all kinds of things like that. That's number seven, become a journalist. Number eight, focus on relevance, not numbers. When you're just starting out, you may not have impressive numbers like website stats, podcast downloads, and such. But the raw numbers are sometimes merely a way to filter out the amateurs. When you can demonstrate professionalism and, most importantly, relevance, your small numbers may not matter as much. It's more about the influence that you have with the people who are following you. How good are you at creating content? How quickly can you get it out? How relevant is this to what you're doing? And many times that relevance can get you further than the raw numbers could, even if you don't have impressive raw numbers. Number nine, make yourself available. An incredible thing with reviews is that they compound. When you review one thing, the makers of similar things will often want you to review their thing too. This happened to me when I wrote a blog post. I just put out one blog post reviewing a web hosting company, sharing my thoughts on my experience with them, and I plan to do other blog posts reviewing some other web hosting companies. This wasn't the purpose of the site. In fact, this was my personal blog over at DanielJLewis.com, and it wasn't an extremely popular site either. But from nowhere, I think a dozen different web hosting companies contacted me offered me a free hosting account or a free trial or, and offered to extend the trial for as long as I needed to to write a review about their hosting as well. And I took up a couple of them on the offer because I was genuinely interested in reviewing what they had to offer. But some of the others I wasn't really interested in, so I just said, thanks. Uh, at this time, I just don't have the personal bandwidth to do this kind of thing. And that's a good place to be in So you need to have a process to handle those kinds of requests. This could be a special contact page on your website or a footnote on all of your reviews pointing others to how they can submit something for review. Maybe it's simply pointing them back to your contact page or your, your review process page or something like that and making yourself reachable for reviews. Respond to those emails. Give your contact information And let people know somewhere on your site that you are available to review things. And all kinds of creative things can come your way. And sometimes the companies may even be more interested in simply getting your opinion on their product than necessarily having you publish a review. That's happened to me several times before. For example, Chatlight is a, a product that you clip onto your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop computer, and it has a string of LED lights in it. And it's made for giving yourself great lighting on a web camera. And it's pretty small, portable, battery powered, nicely compact and fairly versatile and such. And the company contacted me and they wanted my opinion on it. And they wanted to send me one. And they even said, it's okay if you don't review it. We'd still love for you to try this out. Let us know what you think. And They sent me a couple of them, free to keep. I I think this is the first time I'm actually mentioning Chatlight because I just haven't had the time to actually do a review, but I did provide a little bit of feedback to them. And here now, maybe a year or two later, they're getting a mention because they sent something. And they sent something because I have contact information on my site and they see that I've done other reviews in other places. 
Now, as these requests do start to come in and offers and such, it can be really tempting to say yes to all of them. But you must remember to stay in your niche and to not overcommit. I've made that mistake before of overcommitting, contacting, oh boy, three companies at once and all three of them sending me, I think, two or three products each. So here I had up to a dozen different products to review and absolutely no time to review all of these products. So I did get a chance to test them out, send some feedback, write a review, try to record a couple reviews on some things. And if nothing else, I am more educated on some of those products. So I can tell people certain considerations like, oh, I can't recommend this because there's this little bug or this thing is really cool for this specific use case that I might recommend certain times. But now I know that when I want to do a review, I have to set aside the time to try the thing and set aside the time to record my thoughts in some way. It doesn't mean it always needs to be a high-end production, but in some way, I am making myself available to do that review, to use that press access for what it's meant for. That's number nine, make yourself available. Number 10, respect. Companies are putting a lot of faith in you when they let you review what they offer. So they may impose deadlines or require non-disclosure agreements, which is to say that you can't disclose certain information or disclose anything about that product. Or they may place an embargo to prevent information from being released prematurely. That's very common in the movie space, where especially with Disney, Disney will say you must not publish a review of this movie before such and such date. And if you do, then you risk losing your access. There are sometimes a little bit of leeway with those things. Like if you live stream it and it's only to a small audience, maybe that's acceptable. But, but it's always important to discuss it with them and find out what your freedoms and restrictions are. And then your compliance with such agreements, either legally binding or otherwise, is crucial for both your reputation And for the company's own success, because they're depending on this information going out at a certain time or in a certain way. Yes, this may mean that you don't get to be that one to break the story and be the one who shares it first. But a lasting relationship and reputation is better than a momentary blaze of glory. Another aspect of the respect is that you are honorable in how you treat the company and their product, whatever that thing is that they're offering. So don't damage the product and don't slander. You can be honest about what you don't like, but that's not an excuse to attack the company, to call them stupid or call it a scam or things like that, unless it is truly a scam, but be very cautious in calling anything a scam unless it is truly a scam. Your mom's advice is probably relevant here. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. If you truly hate the thing you reviewed, then consider giving such feedback directly to the company instead of broadcasting that negativity to others. Because as someone in your particular industry, whether it's movies or books or music or products or services or whatever it is, people are listening to you because in some way, They want positivity brought into their lives. The way I put this when I'm talking about our TV show fan podcast is that we are curators of fandom. 
We are fans first of the TV show, and we must always be fans first. So while there are things, like with the TV show, there are things we don't like, things that we think are bad decisions for the story, for ethics, for all kinds of things, we have certain criticisms, yes. But through all of this, we make sure that we focus on the fact that the people who are listening to us love our opinions, and they're listening because they also love the thing we're talking about. So why attack that thing that we're talking about? Why attack the thing our own audience loves? Yes, there is a place for negativity, but remember that the emotions you express are the emotions you attract. So if you lean too much on the negative side, you're going to bring all of those negative emotions out of your audience and direct them toward yourself, or maybe you're directing those negative emotions from your audience to that company and thus hurting your relationship with the company. So maintain your respect. Be respectable as well in how you work with the company, how you address the product, and how you go about using your press access. And there may be other policies too to consider. Maybe they say no live streaming. Maybe they say you must register for this thing or you can't do this certain kind of thing. Maybe they have other restrictions on what you can or can't do. Respect those things. There may be certain places to communicate, compromise, to to come to some kind of agreement, but always approach this with respect. That's number 10. And number 11, persist. You may do all these things and unfortunately still not succeed in getting press access, but don't give up. Check in with the company every now and then. Now, don't do this every day or every week. I recommend no more frequently than once a month, maybe even less frequently than that. Maybe it could be a bad time for them. They could have limited quantities, or maybe they just haven't been able to take the time to consider how serious you are about this thing that you want to do or this press access that you want. Right now, I have the Mix Pre 6 on loan from Sound Devices. This Mix Pre 6 has not been completely released yet. It's not available everywhere yet. Some people have been able to purchase the Mix Pre 6, but it's out of stock in most of the places. It's really, really new. And I was able to contact the company and start a relationship. And they initially said, while we'd love to get more reviews out, we just don't have enough review units. So that's okay. I was patient and I persisted. A month later or so, I would check back in and ask, hey, any chance that you have some more yet? Uh, Anything, maybe I could just outright buy it at a discounted press rate or something like that. Persistence. And it paid off to the point that I am only the second podcaster to get one of the Mix Pre 6s to test and review. And my review of it will be coming very, very soon. I'm planning to actually record it within the next week because I only have this thing for a short amount of time. I need to respect their policy to loan it out for only a month. So I've been playing with it, testing it, and I'll review it. Post my reviews online on my YouTube channel, on the website, theaudacitytopodcast.com, and in other places as well. So if you're subscribed to me in all of these different places, subscription links on the website at theaudacitytopodcast.com, you'll get to see the results of that review. And that review is the result of persistence. 
It's happened in other areas too, like with our Once Upon a Time podcast. We have a relationship with a local movie screening company that has a relationship with Disney and other companies. And Disney is the company that owns ABC. ABC is the channel that hosts Once Upon a Time and distributes the show. So when the Once Upon a Time DVDs and Blu-rays become available each year, I start to persist. And I put out there to my contacts to say, I'd love to get a copy of this Blu-ray copy to be able to review to our audience. Here are the things we've done in the past. I can show them the videos, the audio, where we've done a fun unboxing video, or we've done an entire episode reviewing the content, sharing our opinions about the extras and such. All of this feeding the fandom and giving good publicity to their product and in a timely manner. And that resulted from persistence. And it seems like every year I need to persist because Disney tightens in certain ways. So it seems that every year the initial response I get is, well, they might not be sending out many copies this year for review, but I persist. And I don't nag. That's the big thing. Don't become an annoying nag but persist with patience, with kindness, and with respect. So these 11 tips to help you get your own press access for your podcast, whether that's covering products or events or getting to see things ahead of time or many other opportunities, these 11 tips are in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash press access, and they are number one, invest in professionalism. Number two, stay in your niche. Number three, keep an updated portfolio. Number four, be timely. Number five, talk to the right people. Number six, build relationships. Number seven, become a journalist. Number eight, focus on relevance, not numbers. Number nine, make yourself available. Number 10, respect. And number 11, persist. If this has helped you or you think it might help other podcasters, I'd love it if you would comment and share this episode out with others. You can do both of those and get the links and other information that's relevant to this episode in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash press access. I want to thank Rhonda Orr, host of The Rhonda Orr Show, who wrote a kind review for The Audacity to Podcast in Stitcher. I don't often see reviews in Stitcher, but mypodcastreviews.com does check those reviews from Stitcher. And Rhonda said, I love this podcast and I am admittedly not a techie. But Daniel does a great job on his non-technical episodes, dare I call them philosophical, and I enjoy his point of view. They're always worth considering, and I've applied many of his concepts to my show, The Rhonda Orr Show, at therondaorshow.com. I think my first episode was the one where Daniel said it was cliche to use an image of a microphone or headsets in your cover art. He was right, so I didn't. Thank you for all your advice. Thank you, Rhonda. Maybe a new tagline for the Audacity to Podcast should be something like, helping you avoid microphones, headphones, and RSS icons in your cover art since 2010. But Rhonda Orr's show is The Rhonda Orr Show, and in iTunes it says, Rhonda Orr is president and founder of Rhonda's Stop Bullying Foundation. In this podcast, she addresses a wide variety of problems and gives advice to readers of her newspaper column, Dear Rhonda and Dr. Sherry. Rhonda's guests include authors, recording artists, therapists, teens, and parents. Her episodes are, most of them, especially the more recent ones, are under 20 minutes, many of them around 15 minutes, and some of the titles of these episodes sound really interesting. So if you really enjoy those kind of advice columns, you should check out this podcast, The Rhonda Orr Show, at therondaorshow.com. Like she has 
episodes here about making kids self-sufficient, stop making snowflakes, uh, a headless Barbie, millennials guide to real relationships, and more. So you can check out her podcast. The link is in the show notes or go directly to her site at therondaorshow.com. And thank you for that kind review. Now, if you want to write a review for the Audacity to Podcast, two things I ask you to do. One, make sure you mention the name of your podcast in your review so I can give you a link and a shout out in the Audacity to Podcast. And two, let me know how the Audacity to Podcast has affected your podcasting. What's something you've been able to apply? What's a change you've seen in your own podcasting because of what you've learned from the Audacity to Podcast? And if you're interested in writing one of those reviews, then the link is on the website at theaudacitytopodcast.com. And I do use my own service, mypodcastreviews.com, to get my own podcast reviews emailed to me automatically so I have them each week before I record an episode of The Audacity to Podcast. Check that out over at theaudacitytopodcast.com. The Zoom H6 course is almost complete. Boy, there are some cool things in this course, some things that you might not have realized that the Zoom H6 could do, and much of the information could actually still apply to the Zoom H5 as well. So if you're not on my email list, go to the website, subscribe to my email list, and you'll get an announcement for when the H6 course is available for pre-order at a special discount. But if you're a member of Podcaster Society, you get access to the course completely free with your membership. And Podcaster Society is reopening very soon as well. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. By the way, the podcast awards are still open for nomination, and the process is super easy. I was really impressed with this, so much easier than I thought it would be. So go over to podcastawards.com, and you can select our show from a dropdown. You don't have to enter a URL or anything like that. Simply select our shows from the category dropdowns to nominate our shows and your other favorite shows over at podcastawards.com. Under business, we have beyond the to-do list. Under TV and film, we have once, once upon a time podcast. And under technology, is this the audacity to podcast? We'd love it if you would support our podcasts And I'll be nominating other shows over there as well, especially the members of Podcaster Society. They're in the Podcast Awards. So do that and do it quickly. And you only have to do it once. None of this daily voting stuff anymore. That's all at podcastawards.com. And thank you for your support of Noodle Mix Network.